What's going on, everybody? And welcome to episode 43 of the Did You Hear podcast, part of the Blue Wire Hustle podcast network. I'm Emma Houghton. He's Pat Zhang. And Pat, it is finally that time. The MLB playoffs are here. We are recording this Monday night, the last night without baseball for the entire month of October. As you're listening, the AL wildcard, the matchup we were all hoping for, the, the Red Sox, excuse me, hosting the Yankees at Fenway Park. That's tonight. Cardinals at Dodgers tomorrow. Pat, it's finally here. This is our MLB Mega Playoff preview. It's finally here. It is finally here. We have been waiting for this day. We have talked about this day for weeks. We have tried to predict this day for weeks. The Mariners tried to get to this day for weeks. Uh, This has been so much fun. I'm so excited to finally get here. We have two great wildcard games. We have some awesome division series lining up. There's going to be a heck of a lot of drama. It's it's October, baby. We're here, and uh, I am so excited. Oh, my gosh, me too. It's so funny, too, because... When you read all the articles about the expert picks and what's going to happen in the postseason for other sports, it feels like people are usually pretty confident in their picks. I don't know if I read a single thing today where an analyst was confident in their picks. Baseball is just such a coin toss. And then you add in all the talent in both the AL and the NL this year, and it truly seems like it's going to be chaos. Yeah, you're so right. There is one series where I think people feel good about. I won't even say which one it is now. I'll get to it when we get uh, when we get to it <laughs> in a little bit. But you look around, as, as you said, the teams are so good. There's so much talent all around. It's a lot of even matchups. I wouldn't say there are, there are really any mismatches out there. Right it's it's perfect it's just perfect is the best way i can put it because that's how it is yeah and we didn't get game 163 no the, we did the not chaos the jeff Passin seven threads on twitter explaining the possible uh game 163 scenarios i was okay with that because that means the red sox won <laughs> i'm sure you are host, <laughs> and now i can go and i am so excited so that's where i will be as you're listening tonight at fenway park Bought those pre-sale tickets, so I got that those cheap tickets in because now Red Sox Yankees. That's obviously an absolutely insane matchup, but I think that's half. That's where we have to start, right? Yep. Because this is what it was all leading towards. I was praying that the Red Sox wouldn't have to face Toronto because I mm-hmm. think they have the most potent offense in all of the majors, and man, they were just. They were an Aaron Judge single away, basically. Yeah, so an close. Aaron Judge walk-off away from, from making chaos. But His first career walk-off, by the way. Was it really? Oh, I yeah. didn't know that. Wow. Mm-hmm. So much for the not-clutch argument. <laughs> he ended that pretty quickly. But I'd love for you to start because I, I really want to hear where you're at with this, and I will try and respond as unbiased as possible. <laughs> no, I, listen, I, I think we're all very, very excited for some Red Sox-Yankees. At Fenway, if you look at the season stats, I mean, these teams are so evenly matched over the 19 games that they played against each other. I believe the Red Sox edged it out 10 to 9, but batting average home home runs, runs per game, everything is so, so close, which I think really bleeds into why this game is so much fun. Also, stop me if you've heard this before going into tonight, but it's the first winner-go-home game between these two at Fenway since 1978, the Bucky Dent game, uh, which obviously adds to some drama. Not the last time, or the the last time these two played in a win-or-go-home game was in New York, and it worked out pretty well for the Red Sox, as I know you would go to. 
Yes, I do remember that. Ah, yeah. So do <laughs> do take a slight jab that way. But our the the pitching matchup is honestly as good as you can hope for in a game like this. The Yankees took a gamble on Sunday, not starting Garrett Cole, and it worked out for them. So Cole is going to be available for this game against Nathan Evaldi. I look at this on the Yankee side. I think it's slightly concerning that Cole has that six ERA over his last five starts. You also have to look at it, though, that the Yankees spent all that money on Garrett Cole for one reason, and that was to be a postseason ace and really get them back to the World Series. So I think I have my confidence there. We've seen Cole do it before in the playoffs with the Astros just a couple years ago where he really shoved for them, and and I would expect that to continue. On the Yankees side, still Stanton sitting 295 with 15 home runs since August 23rd, which is just insane. Aaron Judge got hot to the last two weeks of the season hitting 325. But, I mean, I, I don't want to take away from the Red Sox lineup. Of course, we know Rafael Devers on fire really helped, helped, was the main reason why the Red Sox are hosting this game after his performances on Sunday. You hope J.D. Martinez is healthy after the freak accident really out, out in D.C. because he hits Garrett Cole really, really well. What worries me in this game for Boston is if it gets into the bullpen, there's not too many guys I trust not named Garrett Whitlock. I trust the Yankees' bullpen a little bit more with the Luizicas and Greens. I think Cole can give them solid innings, so I do lean the Yankees in this game, but I think it's going to be really close. Yeah, I really hope it is. So there's a lot there. I'll start with Cole. There's a lot there. (laughs) There's a lot there. This could be the entire playoff preview. We're just going to do an hour on the (laughs) Yankees-Red Sox. No, I'm just kidding. So not only did the Yankees pay Cole to be a postseason ace— The Yankees paid Cole all of that money with this specific instance in mind. Exactly, exactly. A one-game winner-take-all matchup, and that's exactly what Cole is made for. I think it's highly concerning that he has basically crumbled down the stretch. That being said, I think he's made for the moment, and I think he's going to be really, really good. That Mm. bullpen has also been exceptional. I'm really scared of Luis Severino because he's turned into this um multi-inning guy for yeah them. thank you what's the word like the um what do they call Taysom hill uh, oh the, swiss army the swiss knife. army knife wow we said it at the same time love it <laughs> had a little bit of a brain freeze here yeah luis severino has turned into a swiss army knife and that makes me very concerned loise has always been really good mm-hmm. chapman kind of stepped up yesterday as shaky as he's been boone continues to rely on him and i think he meets the moment and then Clay Holmes yes. has been exceptional. I wouldn't be surprised if Nestor Cortez comes out of the bullpen. Wandy Peralta against lefties, yeah, too. Yeah, Wandy Peralta against lefties, exactly. I think that the Yankees definitely have the edge in the bullpen, and I mm-hmm. think it is certainly going to come down to that. So I'm willing to give the Yankees the edge there. But when you talk about the offense mm-hmm. in a one-game series, and you and I both agree that baseball should not be decided in one game, It is the most unbaseball rules of baseball. It should be a three-game series because I think the Red Sox can win this game. Do I think the Red Sox can Mm. win a three-game series against the Yankees? Probably not. I would be much less confident, even if it was an ALDS or an ALCS. Interesting. Yeah, I don't think, or it wouldn't be an ALDS. It would only be an ALCS. But I think that the, the Red Sox can put the offense together on the Yankees' side, if Stanton has a tough night, and he's had tough nights against Savaldi mm-hmm. before, if Gio Urshela doesn't play, that's something I really want to touch on as what a I play finish that was, here. By the way, seriously, 
The, the Yankees have depth issues, and I mm-hmm. think the Red Sox have the upper hand in that category. And my X factor, I'll just get into it right now, who's going to have the bigger hit? Because I think Evaldi's going to throw a gem. I really do. I think it's going to be a rubber match. I think it's going to go into the late innings. I think all the Red Sox can hope for is to get six solid innings out of Evaldi. Mm-hmm. Then you give it to Whitlock, potentially not right after Evaldi, because I like the high leverage situation for him. <laughs> you you kind of throw up a prayer and put it into <laughs> Barnes' hands or Sourmore. You, you know, the list could go on and on. That's really getting into the weeds there. But I think it's going to come down to which offense is going to get the bigger hit when it matters most. And for both of these teams, inconsistency has been a major problem. Yeah, I. it's funny. I actually like the Red Sox offense more than the Yankees offense. Yeah. I just think Garrett Cole is going to be able to neutralize as much of that as possible. I really want to see what Kike Hernandez can do. I believe he's hitting over 400 against Garrett Cole. Uh, so I, I think if you're looking for big hit, that may be where the Red Sox can get one. As I said, I'm... I think that the strength in Cole and the the better Yankee bullpen is your difference if we're talking about a one-game scenario, as you said. But, you know, if don't count out Kyle Schwarber from hitting yeah, a home seriously. run or two uh, in that game with how he plays once the playoffs roll around as well. This is going to be great. Yeah, I think Cole actually neutralizes all the righties. Mm-hmm. So that's Martinez, even though you mentioned that really yep. high batting average. That could be clutch if he plays. Bogarts has been downright abysmal. I mean, Rough the last a couple literal yeah. liability in in the lineup. Hernandez, hopefully, Renfro could be neutralized. Bobby Dahlbeck might not even get the start because he's alrighty. True. It's going to come down to if Devers can be the hero like he did in game mm-hmm. 162. If Schorber can continue being himself. It honestly doesn't matter to me if Schorber hits a home run. He, if he just walks, that's what <laughs> gets this started. Seriously, his his plate discipline is absolutely exceptional. And so so I actually want to address the Geo play. I think it was without a doubt the play of the year. The fact mm. that he caught that ball was absolutely exceptional. But I don't think it was smart. I don't think you can put your body on the line like he did. And the counterpoint is, if it had been five inches to the right, he would have gone careening into the, into the wall, into the sure. fence, instead of down the stairs. What are the odds that that happens? But... The first thing I thought when he did that was, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> I mean, you're lit. he could have gone head first into the concrete wall. He could have, the fact that he walked off, I thought was amazing. And now the Yankees have some severe depth issues. Voight's out. DJ LeMay is out. I don't know if you can count on Arshella to play shortstop competently. So that means you either shift Torres to short or keep Torres at second and then you put Tyler Wade at short, or mm-hmm. worse, Andrew Velasquez at short. And that means point. there's a huge weakness at the bottom end of that Yankees lineup that you otherwise wouldn't have had if Gio's 100% healthy. I think that that is a product of the Yankees being forced into that game 162 scenario and being very afraid of a possible 163. Yeah. And, that, and that is why Urshela goes right. If that's wrapped up, I cannot see him going for that ball. And, but I just think all of the pressure of trying to avoid a game, you know, against against uh, potentially Toronto or, or Seattle played into that. And it's an, as you said, for me, probably the play of the season, absolutely incredible that he was able to hold on to that. But it opens up a world of possibility for the Yankees with that lack of depth. And it is a, it's a scary thing, as you just outlined. Yeah, and Rugnet Ardor was already having to play a big part in this postseason, which you don't want. 
And now no. you add the possibility of a weed or Velasquez having to take meaningful at bats. I mean, I was thinking about this with Brett Gardner, and now he's become a mainstay of this <laughs> offense. But it's, I mean, you can talk about those guys all you want. It's going to come down to is Stan going to be hot? Is Judge going to be hot? And on the flip side, can Evaldi stop them? And can the Red Sox offense come out of this dormancy? Yep. And then we got to mention the JD Martinez injury because did yep. you see that? I did. Oh my God. Maybe stupider than Devin Williams? And stupider <laughs> isn't even a word. Yeah, that was... Man, that, that's rough, especially going into, into the postseason, into a one-game playoff like that. For the Yankees, too, I do have to say, like, hello, Joey Gallo. Or, yeah. Are we going to get anything from him? I believe he's two for his last 25, one of those being a bunt single down the yeah. line against the shift. Yeah. Uh, that was clutch, though. That was as great. you said, I, it was. I, I think the Yankees, it's going to come down to Judge and Stanton. Yeah. I, I mean... I, I don't trust anyone else in that lineup to get the big hit right now. I, I do not. Uh, at the Red Sox, as you said, the, the question is, can Cole neutralize all those righties? Yeah, that's actually an interesting point. I, th- I have more confidence in the other Red Sox players, mm-hmm. not named the few guys that we mentioned. Yeah. The Devers, the Bogarts, the Martinez, the Shorers, probably. I don't have much confidence in any Yankees hitter besides Stan or Judge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a really interesting way to put it. And also, to give Evaldi some credit, he had the s- highest September F-war of any American League pitcher. He I has been really, really good. He's going to get AL Cy Young votes. So I think he is more than capable of neutralizing this offense, again, at least through six innings. I think 18 outs is going to be the benchmark for him mm-hmm. of whether it's going to be a good or a bad outing. And also... Just to mention some some strategy here, Chris Sale started game 162 against the Nationals. I was pretty much, you know, shaking my hands, feeling pretty good. He gets through two and a third, gave up, believe it was f- three runs, and leaves with the bases loaded. These starting pitchers don't have much of a leash. No. They already have thrown the second fewest innings out of any starting pitching staff in the AL behind only a, the Rays, and we know what that strategy is. There is not going to be a short leash, or there's not going to be a long leash, excuse me. The only stressful thing about that is that you're not going to a lockdown nails bullpen behind you. Nope. No, not at all. So official prediction for you, the Red Sox? Yeah, I think the Red Sox are going to do it. All right, and I've got the Yankees in that game. All right, let's shift to the NL wildcard, this one taking place on Wednesday. This is the one that... I have heard the most people say is a coin flip, which I think mm. is really interesting because that is interesting. I don't know why the I don't know why so many people are so confident about the Yankees. Truly, I guess I guess the edge in the pitching staff. I'm not. I picked them, but I'm not that confident. Yeah, but doesn't <laughs> it seem like everybody's favoring the Yankees? And I saw probably a little bit more than half going Dodgers, but a shocking amount of people picked the Cards. Yeah, the the Cardinals are in this for people. So a- outlining the matchup, it's it's Wainwright against Scherzer, which is just great. I believe it's a a forty year old and Wainwright against what Scherzer thirty eight. Um, yeah, we had thir- the same 37. issue. I know. Last time. Exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna look I, it up right now. <laughs> I should have had it up in front of me right now. He's thirty seven. Thirty seven. So that that's you know a, a very fun matchup with two of the older pitchers in the game. The Dodgers looking to be the first team to repeat since two thousand. The New York Yankees then. I mean, Scherzer had a sub-2 ERA with the Dodgers. The only reason it's up to, I think it's 1.98, is because he, he got touched up, you know, pretty rough in his in his last couple starts. I still lean towards he's Max Scherzer. I mean, Adam Wainwright this year put up a 3 ERA and led Major League Baseball in complete games at 40 years old. That is beyond incredible. 
Uh, the Dodgers led the season series four games to three. Where do you lean with this? I think the Dodgers are going to go all the way to the World Series. So if I'm going with that, it means they're going to take away, the, to, to put the Cardinals in their place. I mm-hmm. don't think it'll be an easy game, and I also think this will come down to the late innings because I think both starters will be really, really good. Scherzer's allowed 10 earned runs over his last two there starts. There you go. Yeah, there's the exact number. That's pretty serious, and mm-hmm. I think he still wins the Cy Young. He's obviously been exceptional since the trade deadline. The team is actually 44-13 and 13 since the trade deadline. I thought that was pretty exceptional. Exceptional. Yeah. Um, I just think that the Dodgers know the setting. They've been there before. They have so many guys to turn to. My X factor, again, it was this simple question, who's hotter? And mm-hmm. though the Cardinals are still in the wake of that 17-game winning streak, I have more trust in what the Dodgers can do. Oh, you mean the 106-win Dodgers? <laughs> okay, that? can I say, when we did the over-under, I'm pretty sure the Dodgers were at 108 games, and I said over just for the hell of it. We were not that far off. 106 Oh, I wish we're going to have games. to listen back to see what the number was, because they actually might have hit the over. I think it might have been 104. You think I it was? It at the top of my head. Oh my we're, gosh. We're gonna we'll have to find that. And I said under because I thought the number was too crazy. Yeah, it was <laughs> laughable. Yeah. And now what, four teams are over a hundred wins? It's it's crazy. Yeah, so I I, I, I do want to check that exact number for us, what we went off of at the start. Uh, but it, it really is incredible. Just setting it up with, with two position players to on, on each team. Trey Turner enters this on a nineteen game hitting streak. Uh Corey Seeger had nine home runs. From September in September and October, and then on the Cardinal side, Tyler O'Neill with 13 home runs over the past month, and Paul Goldschmidt hit 3.30 in the second half. You've got some hot, hot hitters coming into this into this matchup. This is going to be great. I also go Dodgers here, just because I'm not betting against Max Scherzer in an elimination game. Just how mm-hmm. I went with Cole there. Scherzer is you know the the pitcher of the 2010s. We, we've talked about that before. Uh, he's the guy who I would want to be on the mound in this type of situation. We know about that Dodgers lineup, even with Max Muncy out. I, I don't, of course it changes things, but the lineup is still so good. I do lean them. I think they, I, I'm trying to think of you. I usually don't like to give score predictions, but I'll, I'll go with like a five, two. I, I don't, I wouldn't okay. want to say comfortable, but I don't think it's going to be a complete nail biter for them. Yeah. Yeah. I think three games is a, is a pretty good, I mean, excuse me, three runs is a pretty good exemplar of what you just noticed it's comfortable mm-hmm. but it's not you know sitting on the edge of your seat it's not yeah, swing. yeah. It, it, exactly so uh that, that's how i see this thing playing out i mean listen maybe we record our weekly walk-off on thursday and we look dumb betting against the cardinals <laughs> that just look like they were never going to ever lose a game through september but this dodgers team is too talented for me to pick against them exactly how do you bet against the dodgers here i can't how do you bet against a one quite simply i cannot six <laughs> win team i feel the same way and i put down goldschmidt's uh slash line since june you want to hear there it? you go yeah 334 409 613 since June. 6-13. Don't give me the small sample size. Don't give me washed up. Paul Goldschmidt is literally back to an MVP form. Mm-hmm. Those are M- those are Bryce Harper second half numbers. That's He's been incredible. that good. And it's not just him. This team is the best defensive team yes. in the majors. I wanted to highlight that a little bit because if I think that the Red Sox's sloppy defensive play could cost them the game then I don't think I can not mention how the Cardinals 
really stellar defensive mm-hmm. play could win them a game. Because I Very think that's, fair. you know, Bader in the outfield, Bader in set, center field. And then on the flip side, if Max Mency is out, and I actually shouldn't say if, because he is out, I think they're going to go Albert Pujols at first base. Ooh. How many defensive runs are you losing with that swap alone? That's Not interesting. Not even mentioning if it's Bellinger instead. That Yeah, I say, I would probably go Bellinger because he's a better defender than Pujols. We know he's a better outfield defender than he's a first base defender. But... You know, can you play a guy that had a negative war this yeah. season, which is Cody Bellinger, which is still just, I can't wrap my head around the, the season that Cody Bellinger just had being an MVP just two years ago. Um, so it, it's an interesting dilemma for Dave Roberts there. But I think as we list out the options for the Dodgers, you just see how talented that <laughs> roster is. That's true. And yeah. I can't, I can't pick against it. Again, the fact that they lose a potential top five finisher in NL MVP voting, and we're still, or me at least, I still am expecting them to win the World Series, I think means mm. that they're in a pretty okay spot. I'd say they're in a pretty okay spot. But I'm still, I'm so excited to watch Wayno. I'm this so excited be a great to game. watch. Yeah, I think Arenado's going to go off. I think he has at least one homer. I think Goldsmith's going to be really good. I might go a little bit higher scoring. Ooh. I might go like a, a 7-4. Seven five here. That'd be fun. And yeah. watch out for Tyler O'Neill. Yeah, you're right. His arms. He's got it all. His himself. arms. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right. Where do you want to go next? Ooh, where do we want to go next? Do you want to go Astros White Sox? Yeah, yeah. Let's do all it. All right. So we'll, we'll go there before we head into uh, the, I guess, winner of our wild card game against the the Rays and the Giants. But looking at Astros White Sox again, we talk about fun series. I think this is going to be a really fun series. And you talk about high scoring. I think this has the potential to be pretty high scoring. Uh, Houston had the best weighted runs created plus in all of baseball at 116. The White Sox were third in all of baseball. So you've got two top three offenses going up against each other. You talk about defense. It's something that might rear its ugly head here for the White Sox in this series where they are 18 and a half runs below average on defense this year, which is very, very scary. That's 25th, 25th best in baseball. We know about the White Sox pitching staff. They had the best F war in baseball um, th- this season. I think you're going to go with the Astros here. I, you know I'm going... Yep, I know you. You know me, so I'm going to go with the White Sox because I think that, you know, the Lance Lynn, Dylan Cease, Carlos Rodon has, has been able to pitch a little bit, you know, over his past couple starts, which could be really important here. I lean White Sox. I also, of all the series that are going on, I strongly believe this one's going to go five games. Really? Uh, I, yeah, I think this is going to be a great watch. Yeah, I've said for a while, I think this is gonna, going to be one of the best series. I really this do, gonna even great. this early. So when we talk about the Braves and the Brewers, I think it's very obvious that the Brewers have the advantage mm-hmm. pitching-wise and the Braves have the advantage offense-wise. Yes. The Astros have a little bit of a better offense. Yep, first to third. The White Sox have probably a better pitching staff. That's where I go. But... In my mind, hitting is more important than pitching in the postseason. And I'll talk about that more Braves Brewers, too. I mean, I wrote down the same type of things. The Astros lead the majors in hits, runs, batting average, and on-base percentage, plus WRC+, and Mm. offensive war. Their sixth best hitter just won the AL batting title. Sixth. <laughs> Sixth best hitter, Yuli Gurriel, who I think is supremely underrated. I love him. 
But then you've got Altuve and Correa and Bregman and Kyle Tucker and and uh, Yuli is six. It's it's kind of amazing how all of these guys are together and they kind of are considered an underdog here. I I'll, I'll keep it to myself because I have a pretty wild prediction for them. I mean, they are just they have a winning culture. You know what? Oh man, I, I was wondering if you were gonna bring this up. You know why else this series is so interesting? Why is that? You got any guesses for what I'm gonna say here? No. The coaching matchup. Oh, the t- well, of course. You've got two 70-year-old plus managers, right? Dudes, I think Dusty Baker's 72, and I think Tony LaRusa is 77, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, Sarah Lang tweeted this out. I cannot, I don't have the exact thing ahead of me, but yes, 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 I did see that. It, this it's is- amazing. <laughs> Talk about old school. For all the things that we've said about Tony LaRusa all season long, this White Sox team is very inexperienced on the player level. Mm-hmm. These guys haven't been there. Tony Larusa has, and then on the flip side, the Astros players have been there, done that. Dusty Baker has been there, but he hasn't done it yet. He hasn't won the ring yet. So I think there's a lot on the line for both coaches, and it's really going to come down to me to can the Astros pitching staff keep up with the White Soxes? Because uh, Lance yep. McCullers Jr. has been amazing. Yes, he Luis has. Luis Garcia is a AL Rookie, Rookie of the, of the Year, year dark yep. horse. Yeah, if not top three finisher. Granky's going to be used out of the bullpen, which will be, just be absurd to watch. Can they keep up with the Lins and the Ceases and the Rodons? That's my question. No, you're, you're so right. And then looking at the bullpen as well, I mean, I – I love this White Sox bullpen. Uh, they were second in the in the major leagues in, in bullpen war. And uh, the, a big thing to look at is going to be Craig Kimbrell. And mm-hmm. where does he get used? Because we've discussed his struggles before. And there's no number that really sums up his struggles much like this one. With the Cubs this season, his home runs per nine was at .2. With the White Sox, it was two, which is just a, a massive, massive increase. So I, I'm interested where Kimbrell gets used. Ryan Sapero, who also came over from the Cubs, has been the opposite, where he has been very, very good. We know about Liam, Liam Hendricks. They've got Kopech out of the bullpen. I'd love to see how Crochet gets used. I, I give that edge to the White Sox on top of, you know how much I love Lance Lynn. Dylan Cease has been really, really good, especially down the stretch. I still think Giolito, you know, it, was it his best year? No. Was he still pretty good? Yeah, he was 23% better than league average for by ERA+. Plus. I think the White Sox have enough of the pitching advantage that I go there, but I'm saying that against a ridiculously loaded offensive team in the Astros, yeah. which can certainly tip the scales. I think the biggest thing I can think of when we have this talk about whether the, the Astros offense can do it is that they were basically a 500 team in the 60-game season last year, but mm-hmm. they got that playoff spot, and they took the Rays to seven games in yes. the ALCS. These guys are just different beasts in the postseason, and they're all healthy because that wasn't a, a certain thing all year long. I, do, I don't want to face Lance Lynn. I think he's really, really formidable. Have you been watching the White Sox enough to know if they've taken Kimbrel out of even the bridge role? Because that seems like a liability at this point, and I haven't watched them recently to know. I haven't because it's been so you know locked up for them yeah, in the postseason. So I I stopped yeah. watching for a lot of September with them when I used to watch a bunch of their games. So I'm not sure. I do think there are enough arms though in that bullpen to be able to make up for that. I still think Kimbrel's going to get a shot, you know, to come in in an impact situation. Obviously, he's got the track record to be able to go with that. But 
If Kimbrell messes up early, I would not be surprised if you don't see him then in a high leverage spot and comes in somewhere else. Totally agree with both. Totally agree with both. I just like the idea of some of these young Astros pitchers stepping up. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very possible. I, I think they have a bullpen problem. I think besides Ryan Presley, they have Presley's they a have a hard guy. time getting to him. And unlike the White Sox, who I think absolutely excel when it comes to length in games. Lance McCullers Jr. has basically thrown six almost every single time out. So that's just a difference when a, when a reliever has to get three more. Garcia's been really, really good, but he throws even less than that. And then you've got kind of the wild cards isn't isn't really fair, but the the Jake Odorizzi's, mm-hmm. the, the Jose Arquides, what are they going to be like in the postseason? I think Fran Valdez is a star. I think he's absolutely amazing. But yeah. it's going to come down to which staffs can go longer and which, which bullpens are going to hold up. I've said it before. People have laughed at me for this. I don't know how you can't believe it in the postseason. The better bullpen wins almost every single time. It's so important. It really Every single is. time. Because you could have the best starting pitcher ever, but he's going to have a bad day sometimes. Mm-hmm. They're series for a reason. We're excluding the wild card game from this conversation for the moment again that's going to change this year hopefully this is the last time we ever see a one game set but I think that even though the White Sox have well I'm gonna go back to myself here even though the White Sox have a better bullpen I think the Astros offense is just that in its own universe that they win here yeah and and I think that's totally fair like I said I go the White Sox but talk about toss-ups this series could certainly be classified as one seriously and do you think the Braves Brewers is a toss-up uh, I do not. Was this the series you were talking about? At the no, game? no, it's the Rays against whoever wins okay. the American League okay, wild card enough. for me. Well, I, believe, but I believe that too. <laughs> we'll, we'll go Braves-Brewers though. And listen, I, I get the point there. The Braves have obviously, they, they went on a huge run to be able to, to lock down the NL East. But I look at the Brewers. We talked about it, you know, a bunch recently with that big three in the rotation and Burns, Woodruff, and Peralta. I think Craig Council is one of the best managers in all of baseball, if not the best manager in all of baseball. So I wouldn't be surprised if Council really, really leaned on those starters this time. We know about the the Devin Williams-sized hole in their bullpen. Um, interesting stat. This is from Jeff Passan that I just, it was too good to pass up. Uh, the Brewers wins above average from their starting pitching staff was 10.4 this year. The Brewers as a whole, when you total in their position players as well, was 9.8. So the hitters <laughs> dragged them. To, that's how, that's just the pitching staff put up or starting pitching staff, excuse me, put up over 10 wins above average. The rest of the team really dragged them down. So of course that is their strength. And you look at the Braves and we know that offense can hit. You love the stat. You've mentioned it multiple times this year about that infield. They're only the second time ever or second team ever with four infielders to hit 25 or more home runs. Yeah, they were so close to 30, too. I Dansby know. was three away. Ugh. I know. They were so close. On the Braves, too, they have the third best rotation ERA after the trade deadline. So the pitching has been much, much better. I think Charlie Morton's got a chance to be an X factor with his postseason experience. I don't think this is a mismatch, per se. I think it'll go four games. But I think that Brewer starting pitching is so good that it's got a chance to, to negate some of that Braves offense. Yeah, I actually hadn't put this into words when I was prepping, but I literally said, I think offense matters more. And that's why I think the Astros are going to win, even mm-hmm. though the White Sox might be objectively a better team. In this case, 
Offense matters more to me, but the Brewers pitchers are so good that they're in their own league. Didn't even mention Josh Hader, by the way. Right? <laughs> they, they just have so many guys to turn to. I read something really funny on MLB.com today. When the ball's in Hader's hands, it's over. It is. So if you just if you can miss Hader altogether, that means you're probably going to win. When it gets to him, it's done. Nobody can hit him. I think the Braves... Starting pitchers is one of the most underrated storylines of the season. Kind of the Braves as a whole, they've really flown under the radar. Their moves at the trade deadline turn this season around. The outfield trio slash quartet that they have of Soler and Duvall and Jock Peterson, they're all really underrated. But you are so right. It's going to come down to what Charlie Morton and Max Fried can do. Yes, they have to carry them. They have to carry them. You want to hear some crazy Max Fried numbers? Let's go for it. He got his own bullet on my notes page because it's this good. The last time that Max Freed didn't throw a quality start was July 23rd. Oh, nice. The Mets were in first place then. (laughs) And then when the Mets were in first place, Max Freed has thrown 12 straight quality starts since then, including a complete game shutout that I'm pretty sure was a Maddox game too. He's only yes, given up yes, you're right. 14 runs since July 23rd. He's completely turned it around. Mm-hmm. That's why this team can compete. Plus, you've got the postseason wizard in Morton. Anderson did really well last year, too. He's still young. He's still figuring it out. The bullpens, it, it's it's gonna yeah. ha, it's gonna have some issues. A little shaky, sure. a little yeah. shaky. That's that's a big weakness for that. It's been better. It's been much better in the second half, but it's still not a bullpen I trust. Yeah. That being said, I I go Brewers just because their pitching is so good. Their offense is they're gonna have to find a guy, right? Mm-hmm. It, whether it's Christian Yelich, whether it's Lorenzo Cain, whether it's Willie Adamas, whether it's a an X factor, an Avisail Garcia or somebody like that. Their offense weighted runs created plus is the worst of any playoff team of all 10 this year. That's going to have to change. But at least in this series, I think Burns, Woodruff, and Peralta will handle it on their own. Actually, I'm going to go four games too. Yep, I I go four games. And I agree. I think their offense is what will ultimately hold the Brewers back this year, which is very unfortunate because their pitching staff is good enough to win a World Series. I mean, just looking at Josh Hader as well, just this is so ridiculous, I have to say it. Um, You know, I love to reference ERA plus just like I like to reference OPS plus for hitters. His is 248 points above league average. Yep. 248% better than league average is Josh Hader this year. Just to try to put that into words. It's almost as good as when Jacob DeGrom was 500 points better. And that was... I was higher. He was 700. (laughs) He got in the 700s, DeGrom. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I I don't want to count out the Braves. I do want to say when I talk about their bullpen, Luke Jackson has been very good for them. We know that offense is good. Freddie Freeman's a stud. Could this be his last couple games in a Braves uniform? It's insane that he's hitting... No, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. You are correct. It's insane he's even hitting free agency this winter. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, that that Braves offense, they're all about power, so they certainly have a chance to swing a game because I'm not sure how many runs the Brewers are going to score. But in this instance, I go with good pitching over good hitting, and I think the Brewers get by. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think the I think the Braves have a chance to mix things up, especially because the top half the top half of their lineup is so good, mm-hmm. so good can can compete with anybody. Sure. But yeah, I think I think the Brewers pitchers have the edge. I completely agree with you. Awesome. So, want to go to the best team in the American League or the best team in the National League first? 
Let's do American League okay. since you rudely I'm rolled so sorry. over. I know. The hey, I wasn't gonna mention Sox. it. I wasn't gonna mention it until you asked about Braves Brewers. But yeah, so the Rays against the winner of the American League wild card for me, it's the Yankees. For Emma, it's the Red Sox, and just it, when we talk about mismatches, this is the closest thing to a mismatch that I see. Just because I have not seen enough consistency out of the Yankees or the Red Sox this year to feel that they can overtake the Rays in a series which is why I lead them. I mean, we had an awesome conversation with Andrea from Scout Girl Report about the Rays for last Thursday. If anyone hasn't listened to that, please download, or last Friday, excuse me, please go listen to that because it really was a fun conversation. Uh, But I think the Rays just, we know about that pitching staff. They're all young. They all throw hard. We know about McClanahan. They've got Shane Boz. Um, Luis Patino, I'm really excited to see in this postseason. We know that that bullpen throws 100. Wander Franco is going to make an impact early in this postseason. Austin Meadows has had a nice year. Nelson Cruz gives them the you know the experience in the middle of the lineup, even though he hasn't been great since he came to the Rays. This Rays team is so stacked that I just I see them causing lots of problems for whoever wins that wild card game. No, I was giving you a hard time because it's it's absolutely true. I yeah. think I think this is probably the only sweep that we see in the divisional. I round. I lean towards a sweep as well. Yeah, I think I think White Sox and Astros can push it. I think Braves and Brewers can push it. I think this one is pretty much wrapped up mm-hmm. already. Um, the best thing I can say about the Rays is I was going to talk about not a single guy that you mentioned besides Wander Franco. That's great. And that's just the race. It's <laughs> right? the race. It's unbelievable. I mean, they have Joey Wendell coming off the bench. They have G-Man Choi coming off the bench. Kevin Kiermeyer is still so good defensively. Brett Phillips, we all know what he did last postseason. And the best race stat to me, they were the lowest. They had the lowest team ERA in the AL, and they were second in runs scored. They are the most balanced team in baseball. And I'll mm. say that again because I truly believe it. They are the most balanced team in baseball, more than the Dodgers and more than the Giants. And they do it with no-name guys that continue to go out there and play. Their stuff just plays. David Robertson is on the Rays, and he threw a scoreless inning last night against the New York Yankees. Tell me <laughs> how it makes sense. Make it make sense for me, Pat. It doesn't. It, well, I'll get to it. They're the race. That's yes. the only thing I can say. It's what they do year after year. It's why they are, you know, the, the Dodgers are always pointed to as the model organization in baseball right now. The Rays are right there with them with how they develop talent and how they use player acquisition. And they've done it again. I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Do you think that Wander Franco is a bit of a hothead? Ooh, uh, it was. I definitely didn't expect him to be yelling at his teammates over a pop up in a yes. game that when the Rays had already clinched everything. Uh, he might be a little bit of a hothead, but we some may also say that goes to his competitive edge. And that he has a 45 game on base streak. So he might deserve that it. Hurt. That some hurt. might say that he might deserve it, but I, I thought that was a little bit of a weird situation. Him and Randy Rosarena were both going after a pop up. I believe a Rosarena caught it, right? Uh, Franco a Rosarena, yes. You're, that's who I couldn't think of who the outfielder was. Yeah. Yes, it was Rosarena. And a Rosarena caught it, and Franco kind of went off. He was gesturing yes. at him. Kiermaier was playing the mitigator, trying to get him to calm down a little bit. But it was definitely a little weird, especially because the Rays weren't playing for anything in that specific instance. But again, flip side, they really care. The Rays were not playing for anything, and they were fighting over every single out. And mm-hmm. that's not a good thing for anybody who plays the race. 
<laughs> Good points. <laughs> uh, I have a question about Kevin Cash, but I think I'll leave it for the ALCS and sure. potentially beyond as we get into those. All right, but let's go to the, the NL wildcard winner against the Giants. We both have the Dodgers and the Giants. I don't know how you can't say this isn't the best series. We yes. mentioned the White Sox and Astros, but if we are graced with a Dodgers versus Giants NLDS, I don't know what we did to deserve that. Because these two teams, 107 wins, 106 wins, it came down to Game 62 to decide who was going to come away with the NL West title. Who do you got? Who do you uh, got? That's all That's all I'm going to say right now. Who do you the, got? I, I have to say this is awesome, and this is why also a part of why I really want to see the Dodgers win is to give us that Dodgers-Giants, meaning the Dodgers win that wild card yes. game, to give us that Dodgers-Giants series and just all let us bask in the glory of that as a postseason series. Some notes on the Giants because we've already discussed the Dodgers. Uh, most wins in it from a National League team since the 1986 Mets coming in with 107 here. Best bullpen in baseball in terms of ERA and whip. And Brandon Belt led the team in home runs, obviously out with the broken thumb, but it doesn't matter because San Francisco led the National League in home runs anyway because they've got power from everybody. All of that said, I'm going to be the fool that bets against the San Francisco Giants. Unfortunately, and, I am too. Oh and no. <laughs> I just, that, which is what we talked about in the wild card game, so I don't want to repeat myself too much, but you look at that Dodgers roster, and I cannot bet against it. I cannot bet against that starting pitching staff of Scherzer, Bueller, Urias. We'll see where they, they go after that. You know, Kevin Gosman was incredible in the first half. He was not so incredible in the second half. I think that starting pitching is kind of more thrown together from the Giants, and I think the Dodgers have such an advantage there. As I said, bullpen-wise, the Giants are are great. I just, with that starting pitching depth that the Dodgers have, I think they win this series. I hope it goes five games. I think I think for sure it's going to go five games. Ooh. For sure. I'm going to give the, the edge to the Dodgers. And honestly, at this point, I think it's good that we do that because everybody is rooting for the Giants. Mm-hmm. You know, even if you're a Dodgers fan, you're kind of rooting for the Giants because that's kind of how I felt as a Red Sox fan with the Mariners. I think they will. I think they will discount that. I think Dodgers (laughs) fans will not feel that way, but but many others will. (laughs) And that's been their that's been their mo all year long. Keep counting us out. It's making us better. I'm telling you, a team that that had 107 wins, I'm telling you, is going to lose in the first round. It's. I feel like gross saying it. I know. Feel like I need to take a shower after that, (laughs) but it's. I mean, have you seen that Dodgers roster? No, so, it's insane. We actually, why. we got to talk about Clinton Kershaw in a second yes. too. But quickly yes. on the Giants, it's not even that they're not hot. They finished the season 23-7. and seven. Yeah. You could argue that September was one of their best months. They continue to get better. Chris Bryant was their mega trade deadline acquisition. And he's been maybe the fifth most impactful player on that team. That's how well-balanced this Giants team is not as well balanced as the Rays. I'll repeat mm. it. But just so much going for them. And it's funny you mentioned Gosman because he was so, so hot to start the season. Yeah. It matters much less that he cooled off because Logan Webb stepped up and took his place just fine. And can hit home runs, apparently. Too. It's insane. Yeah. I, <laughs> we deserve a, a, excuse me, a Giants Dodgers five games. I wish it could be the World Series because these two teams are just absolutely amazing and it 
guts me that we won't be able to watch Clayton Kershaw yep. this postseason. I know it's it's in what could be his last postseason with the Dodgers as it's well with so this contract sad. coming out. Yeah. yeah, so I it's that was a terrible break uh, the these the last week of the season here. Um, but yeah, w- what a series this shapes up to be. Eileen Dodgers. Yeah, I think Dodgers in five and. Clayton Kershaw, it's obviously going to be more of the narrative. I think the first thing people thought when he went down was, oh my gosh, this could be his last start in the Dodgers Mm -hmm. uniform. But let's also take into account how much of a hole is in that rotation now. And how much of a hole is in the lineup now with Max Muncie. We're still taking the Dodgers because those extra players are so strong. But now you have to rely on potentially a Tony Gonsolin. And maybe David Price gets pushed back into the rotation now. And Kenley Jansen has to pitch in higher leverage situations. And we don't know how he's going to handle this postseason. Kershaw, he finally put to bed that postseason narrative that had been plaguing him his entire career last year with the win. So disappointing that we won't be able to see it this year. But the Dodgers are going to have to put some wrinkles into that rotation because Kershaw is a huge loss. He, he certainly is. But I think the man that leads the way is Walker Bueller, who is yeah. just a, a true ace. You know, clocked up over 200 innings uh, pitched this year. Not too many pitchers did that. It's it's what Bueller does. Uh, I think he carries the load for them. And uh, but to your point on depth, it's it's a huge loss. Yeah, it, it really is. But just the fact that the Dodgers, of course, you know they've got Scherzer going in the wild card game, but can throw out there then Bueller and Urias in games two, and then try to bring Scherzer back for a game three, or just have him back in game four. It's just so, it's so tough. Yeah, they have the bullpen to do a a spot game in the middle, Mm -hmm. too. And the crazy thing is that I was expecting Julio Urias to be moved to a a bullpen role like he was last year. Last year, yeah. And now he's not. I don't think they have the flexibility to do that now. So he's going to be a starter, and I think he's going to absolutely thrive. I am so excited to watch him. I believe he was the only 20-win pitcher in all of baseball, if not just the NL. That might that might be true. I don't have it in front of me. Wins don't matter, but that's still a pretty big feat. Twenty yeah. wins. It's a pretty big feat. Yeah, not not bad. But yeah, that that's that's where I go in that series. All right, so let's let's recap so far. We've got He is the only twenty win pitcher. In in all of baseball? Mm-hmm. Cool. So we've got Dodgers over Giants in the NL D S. Braves uh, excuse me, Brewers over Braves. So let's mm-hmm. just let's just start there. We've got Brewers, Dodgers, and the NLCS. Who you got? Uh, I will, the Los Angeles Dodgers will be going back to the World Series. Like, like I said, I want to pick the Brewers because of that pitching staff. After I just waxed poetic about the Dodgers pitching staff as well. But then when you get to the a tale of two offenses, that Dodgers offense is so much better than the Brewers offense. I think that's what makes your difference. Trey Turner hit two grand slams in three days. Trey Turner is unbelievable. Your National League batting crown. It's unbelievable because that's not even what he's known for. If you get the power, that's just the cherry on the top. And I think that's such a microcosm for this offense because A.J. Pollock's going to step up. You know how much I love him. Chris Mm -hmm. Taylor, Matt Beattie had a huge home run. Will Smith is one of the most underrated catchers in baseball. They just have too many guys. And we know how amazing... Burns, Woodruff, Peralta, and Hader are, but I don't think this offense can do it. Yep, uh, I'm with you. I just I think it's too much to ask them to overcome. Uh, it, it's, and this is a really good Brewers team. Yeah. Just if that offense was better, I'd be more inclined to pick them. 
I I can't do it over this Dodgers team. Do you think Yelich reemerges? I think he can give you a big hit. Yeah. I don't know if he can lead the way anymore, just with, with the, the injuries and, and what we've seen from him. But he's a guy that I wouldn't exactly brush past his at-bat. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I think he's going to be a hero, but I don't think he's going to be what what makes them win the extra now, the, the biggest thing that he does he still gets on base at a great clip he's at 362 yeah. this year which is obviously incredibly valuable uh just of course everything else is down i have i'm torn between five or six games here that's a great point i'm gonna give the brewers the benefit of the doubt and i'm gonna say dodgers and six I like that. I'll do that as well, just because I do want to credit how great that that Brewers pitching staff has been. Yeah, I think they deserve it. And I think, you know, we, we keep saying it. If it's going to be a rubber match, then they literally have to score three runs. Their pitching staff mm-hmm. is good enough that all they have to do is score less than five runs, probably. But that that hit, that hitting staff for the Dodgers is also the Los Angeles Dodgers hitters. <laughs> so it's a little bit of a tougher ask. All right, let's go to the AL. We've got some some deviants here. So Yeah, we do. You can start with Rays White Sox. What are you thinking there? Uh it, this one makes me nervous cuz you know who I'm going to pick because mm-hmm. it's, I have to <laughs> I have to stick to it at this point. I'm in too deep. Uh but so I've got the White Sox beating the Rays here. Can I say I feel good about it? Absolutely not. But if I'm if I'm going with it, you know, I did just talk about how how exciting the Rays young arms are. Well, I look at the White Sox, and that pitching staff has the experience. They have proven and tested guys. You know, your Lance Lynn to lead the way, Giolito. Uh, as I said, I've seen enough out of Dylan Cease. I love that bullpen. I think that makes the difference there for the White Sox. Again, I cannot say it confidently at all. I think that Rays lineup is so talented. I think the, the Rays bullpen's got a bunch of guys that's going to strike people out because the White Sox do strike out a decent amount. Um, this is a tough matchup. I think it's a great series if we do get it. I lean the White Sox with the pitching advantage, um, but I, I think that has the potential to go seven if it ends up being the matchup. I also just realized, I'm sorry, this is completely unrelated, but we did the entire White Sox-Astros mat- matchup, and we ne- we didn't mention Jordan Oliveras. I mm. cannot believe that just happened. Mm. I'll get into him in a second. I'm sure I completely agree. Um, you know what else is actually kind of similar about the White Sox and the Astros? They are very right-hand hitter dominant. Oh, easily. And something the Rays do really, really well, they platoon. And they put pitchers mm-hmm. out there to exploit the matchup. The Kevin Cash. I'm going to make the dumb decision with you, and I'm going to go ask you. Really? I thought you would go with the Rays. I, I, I have so much confidence in these Astros hitters that I'm going to take them all the way. I, I think wow. they're going to win the a- AL pennant. Do I think it's the right decision? Probably not. My biggest question here is will Kevin Cash's game plan hold up this time around? Mm-hmm. Because I'm going to go back to it as if it hasn't been talked about enough. Flashback. Blake Snell was taken out of the game in Game 6 of the World Series last year. The bullpen imploded after that, and the Dodgers went on to win the World Series. The difference this year is that in the Rays' rotation, they don't have a star like Snell. Mm-hmm. So are we really expecting any combination of McClanahan, Boz, Patino, Rasmussen, or Yarbrough, or Michael Walker to go six innings? No. No, right? No. <laughs> so Kevin Cash isn't going to be in that situation. Would we expect Tyler Glass now to? Yes. Yes. But it's going to be a little different because the game plan is already mixing and matching, but it's going to be 
on fire with an offense as potent as the Astros. That being said, they don't have, they definitely don't have the edge on the pitching side. I'm going to give them the edge on offense and I'm going to take Astros in seven. Mm, I I like it. In, in a Rays-Astros series, I do take the Rays. I, I'll give them the, the one up there, but I love your point about Kevin Cash. I think we're going to see it a ton. Right. And I actually think this is how Cash is going to like it because, of course, when you take out a high-profile guy like Snell, it's going to get more eyeballs while he, when he takes out a Shane Boz after four innings. No like, one's going to say anything. Yeah, yeah exactly. I don't think people are going to fight him as much, so I actually think this is exactly how the Rays like it. Uh, which is you know funny enough to, to not have the the proven guy like that, but I the Rays are as good as it gets analytically. You know that their matchups, as we can tell over a very large sample size of what the Rays have done over the last couple of years, when they play matchups, it usually works. Yeah, <laughs> it just of course didn't famously in the World Series. Um, I hate picking against the Rays, especially with, with with this White Sox pick. So if it is the Astros, I will take them. Okay. Yeah, I like that. I I, I think actually um, I would go Rays over White Sox. So that's funny. So there you go. So we both flip flop it. <laughs> we both just think the other team is the stronger team. Yeah. So and that leads it into the World Series. Then I've got a White Sox Dodgers World Series, which I think would be so great. You've got the holy grail of uh, of rematches there with a a Dodgers Astros World Series. How do you see it playing out? I almost couldn't resist. The rematch, of course, was in my mind as I was making these picks, too. Now, I, I mean, it's very possible. I want Even though I have the Astros losing in the first round, I would be not surprised at all to see them in the World Series. If they just put it all together, right? They're mm-hmm. well-coached. They're very, they have very good starters, very good hitters. I'm going to go Dodgers. I think the Dodgers are going to be the first team to Ooh. repeat since the 2000 Yankees. I mean, we don't have to beat a dead horse. I think you can only say it a few times. The Dodgers are the best team in baseball, and they've been the best team in baseball for two-plus years now. Yeah, I mean, and then I am, again, going to pick against the unbelievable... See, you're going to die on this hill, though, but if you get it right, that'll be... That'll feel pretty damn good because you well, called this why in the I can't, preseason. You and might that's as well why stick. I can't change. Yeah. So, yes, I, I said the Chicago White Sox would win the World Series before the season, so I will stick with it. Party like it's 2005. I think the White Sox do come away with a World Series title this year. Like you said, don't want to beat a dead horse, so I won't talk about the White Sox pitching this time. I can't wait to see what Yasmani Grindall does in the playoffs Ooh, after good the season call. that he just had. I want to see Jose Abreu get the attention that he deserves for the run-producing machine that he has been throughout his career. Tim Anderson's one of the more fun players in baseball to watch, and Luis Robert has been a tank since he came back from injury. I think that White Sox offense is really, really strong as well. I know the pitching gets, has gotten a lot of the, the focus from this episode, but as I said earlier, the White Sox had the third-best offense and weighted runs created this year. I think they've got just a special blend that they get it done. Yeah. It's crazy, too, because they did it without Eloy Jimenez and Luis Robert for more Mm -hmm. than half of the year. And they still won their division by plenty. (laughs) I think 11 and a half games or eight and a half games, something like that. Something crazy where it wasn't even competitive down the stretch. My question to you is, does it concern you at all how many weaknesses they seem to show right up to the end of the season? I think they finished the season on a little on a little win yeah. streak, but their offense definitely struggled. No, they they did, and I would love to play it off all by you know they they were in the postseason 
and uh, you know they they didn't need to play this thing out to game 162. Like say that you know the Dodgers or the excuse me, yep, yeah, like the Dodgers or the Giants or you know the the Red Sox or the Yankees had yeah. to. So I, yeah. I think a part of it is coasting. Um, but I would also be completely lying to you if I said that it was not in the back of my head that the White Sox did not play their best baseball in the second half of the season. They definitely were better in the first half. Um, but I I see, as you said, those kind of shots in the arm that they got in the second half with Eloy and, and Robert, that there's, there's so much talent on this team. If it does all get put together, they're a World Series champion. This is their decade, right? If it doesn't work it this be, year, right? this should be their decade, especially because the Twins were a non-entity this year. I think they have the chance, if they were to to dethrone the Dodgers, to finally get rid of all the doubts that have been plaguing them all season long, that they couldn't do it without left-hand power, and that they couldn't do it with all the strikeouts that they had. They have the stars. Mm-hmm. Jose Abreu is a star. Tim Anderson is going to be a beast in the playoffs. I cannot wait to watch him ascend. I think he's going to yep. literally turn into a star overnight. I just, I really think it's going to come down to what version of this White Sox team are we going to see? And another thing that we talked about with Jeff Nelson a couple weeks ago, it's not their fault, but the White Sox have not fared that well against winning teams. No, they have and not. Almost all these teams coming into the playoffs are either really, really hot or just really, really good. It's not the White Sox's fault. They can't do anything about their schedule, but now they're going to have to play up to competition. They can't mess around anymore. You you are completely right. And just one message to, to Tony LaRusso for it. Trust your two young arms out there. Trust Kopech and trust Crochet. Get them out there. Let them pitch. Let them use their stuff. They're both electric. And, and let them go help you win games. But to your point, the White Sox were 13 and 19 against other playoff teams yeah. this year. I think that's really significant. I really it do. It, it certainly is. So we'll, you, we'll you want so you want Kopech? You want the ball in Kopech's hands if it really matters? He's I your mean, guy listen, out of the pen. Listen, when it comes down to it, Liam Hendricks is going to be the guy. Yeah, and, and, but lower. And, so I don't think they're ever going to move him out of the closer. Role. No, no, no. And I think Ryan Sapara is going to get a yeah. lot of high leverage situations as well. But. I don't want Kopech and Crochet to get thrown to the side yeah. because they have been that good, and I want to see them given the chance to be in high-leverage situations. This is what I love so much about baseball, too, because Michael po- Michael Kopech arguably has the best stuff in baseball. His velocity is just kind of unfathomable. Yeah. But that's not going to work against a team like the Astros mm-hmm. because the Astros are one of the best fastball-hitting teams in the league. Yep. So if they were to play, maybe when the White Sox play the Rays, I don't know what the Rays numbers are against fastballs, but that could work. So there's just going to have to be little tweaks, and you're going to have to rely on different guys in every single bat to try and piece those outs together to make it. And I, I'm putting, it, putting you on the spot for this one. just came to me. I think we should end with this. Who would be your World Series MVP? Oh, wow. That's that's a great one. You know what? I'm going to go with Lucas Giolito. Really? Think, yeah. Oh, I was I, not expecting you to say well, that. That's why I'll go with it, right? Because it's, it. it's not the obvious pick. I think that we're going to get, if, if it does get down to that, I think you'll get some great starts from him in the World Series where he shows that he's a horse um, and, and really turns himself into one of the premier pitching uh, names in the sport. Wow. 
I, he would deserve it. He had an up and down season, but I think he's had an up and down career. It, so exactly. that's why I would be very excited if he he has the chance to thrive on a national stage. One of the worst pitchers in baseball as recently mm-hmm. as three years ago, completely turned it around through no hitter. Oh, that would be awesome, truly. Do you think Larusa uses starters out of the pen, or do you think that's too oh. too modern oh. for him? I'm not sure Tony knows he can do that. Yeah. Um, I. I'd like to think it's possible because I think we've seen, honestly, over the past decade that it works very well when when the situation calls for it. I wouldn't be shocked. I do not think you'll see like a Carlos Rodon out of the bullpen because mm-hmm. I think just with his arm troubles, it would be you know too much of him for, uh, to ask of him to not have him go through his full full routine. But you know, from Gilito, Cease, and Lynn, I, I think it would kind of depend on rest and all that. But I, Lance Lynn's a bulldog. So it, it, Lynn, I can't imagine Lynn being against coming into a game if his team needed him late. I was just going to say that. I can't imagine him saying no in that no. situation. So I, I leave it up to a chance. Yeah. So unfortunately, I'm going to go with the glaringly obvious pick for an Astros Dodgers World Series. Mm. World Series MVP, Trey Turner. Oh, you got to no go with it, right? No question. I Not think Corey Seager? Corey Doesn't Seager. Repeat? No, I don't think he repeats. I think I think that was some storybook magic. Uh, I think Scherzer's going to be amazing. I think Bueller and Urias are going to be amazing, like we mentioned. This offense runs through Trey Turner, especially yep. without Muncie. It's Turner's team, and he's going to do it from the top of the lineup, too. Mm-hmm. I think Betts is going to have a huge postseason. I think he's going to turn it around I was just sure. going to ask you that. Yeah, I think... I mean, lit- let me say this. His down season, he had an 858 OPS. 858, and that's a down season for Mookie Betts. Can that's we just appreciate that? 120 <laughs> points above league average, I believe. It's insane, but I think he definitely turns things around and hits a couple home runs. I mean, his is the the quintessential Mookie Betts montage of getting on, stealing second, stealing third, and then beating out a play of the plate. That's sure. all the Mookie we're going to see this this World Series. How silly are we going to look when it's Giants race? And it's just like, I probably should have gone with the we, two best teams, right? We are record wise. look very silly. Yes. I'll listen, like, just wait until the Astros beat the White Sox and I have to listen to this back. But I will give you some space, but I can say I truly admire your, your sticking with them because you said it. I have it. to. You, you said it. I have to it. stick with it. And I well, give to you be, all to the be props fair, if they make it. I cannot remember who I picked in the National League, but I think it was the Padres. So I Oof. will also I will also bring that up because I deserve the arrows from uh, from believing in them after the <laughs> the second half that they had. But I did have the White Sox winning the whole thing. I mean, I'm sure I said the Padres too. I vividly remember saying that AJ Preller won executive the executive of the year before the season even started. So that take hasn't aged too well, to say the least. Yeah, it's that they had one of the most confusing seasons I in recent memory, in all honesty. I'm so excited to do our season wrap-ups. Oh my gosh, we oh, have so many great. good avenues to go down here. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah, no, it's we, we've got a bunch of things to get through over the, the next month, really. We've got the baseball postseason here. We're here, as we said to start the show. We are here, so I hope everyone enjoys the games. So we just spent an hour talking about baseball, and of course you and I both picked numbers in baseball. So we're going to keep it here, even though other sports are happening. You just wouldn't know it by listening to this podcast. No, you would not. You can go first. Let's hear it. Cool. I'll just do, yeah, we can just do mine quickly, but mine is 185. That is the number of 100 plus mile an hour pitches from Jacob deGrom 
in 2021. <laughs> of course you did. I love it. All other starting pitchers combined for 167. Wow. Also to note, Jacob deGrom has not thrown a pitch since July 7th, and he still had more 100-plus mile-per-hour pitches than all other starting pitchers combined. I, I, It is such a disappointment that we didn't get to see the full season. It's, yeah, it finished the year, I believe, a 1.08 ERA. Um, it, as you, that is the biggest question mark, or one of many question marks. I shouldn't say biggest. One of many question marks for the New York Mets heading into 2022 is DeGrom's health, because really, he got shut down on July 7th, and there hasn't been much about him that yeah, has come out true. since. So uh, definitely a little scary and met down for him. But I, when we do think of this 2021 season, I know it was for a half season, but I do want us to think about just the ridiculousness that DeGrom was on pace for before he got hurt. Oh, I'll, I'll never forget it. I, I truly believe that awards would have been named after him. We would be talking about different races because what DeGrom was doing was completely otherworldly. It, it was. It, it was. So just had to point it out one more time because what we were robbed of uh, what could have been just the, the greatest pitching season statistically ever. But, Pat, you're forgetting what Sandy Alderson, I mean, Dr. Sandy Alderson said about Jacob deGrom. The great news. It's not that big a deal. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) His UCL is magically repaired. That was horrible, but obviously, hopefully, he's on the right track. Yeah, I don't trust anything until I see him out there on the mound again. Yes. Yes. All right, I'm I'm actually really glad you brought him up. That was a great call by you. Uh, you. The craziest number I heard this week was zero, and I would like to tag team this one, if it's okay with you. Let's do it. So, can you tell me your AL MVP ballot, your top three finishers? Shohei Otani, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., and uh, Marcus Simeon, maybe, as a third? Okay, thank you. And can you tell me your NL MVP top three finishers? Bryce Harper, Juan Soto, and Fernando Tatis Jr. Oh, I know exactly where you're going with this. <laughs> Zero. Yep. Yep. Of the top three finishers in both the AL and the NL MVP races made it to the postseason. Times changing. None of them. None Times of them. The best players in baseball, and they did not make it into the postseason. It's kind of depressing. It's kind of sad that we won't get, be able to see some of those guys. I mean, Marcus yes. Semien, give him his flowers. 45 homers. Mm-hmm. Second baseman, Marcus Semien, 45 home runs. Most we, ever by a second baseman, right? Yeah, we know about Vlad. We know about Otani, Harper and Soto and Tatis. Unbelievable years. But it wasn't enough for any of those teams. None of them made it to the playoffs. And remember, it would be absolute blasphemy. You know, go back, what, 10, 15 years ago for an MVP to not be in the playoffs. Exactly. It just didn't happen then. And now we're starting to... It's happened a couple times over the last few years. I have no problem with it. And how many times did we say, as we were doing these race podcasts, if the Phillies make it to the playoffs, that Bryce Harper definitely wins the MVP. Yeah. If Vlad gets the Blue Jays into the playoffs, then he definitely wins the MVP. And it didn't matter for any other races. None of them are in. So now, I think as it should be... It's going to be looking specifically at the numbers. And you know how mm-hmm. much I love the the wins probability added. And I think if Bryce Hope Harper literally alone had brought the Phillies to the playoffs, that would have been a huge check mark in his NL MVP finish. But it is pretty remarkable that none of these guys got in and they still had seasons literally for the ages. Every single yep. one of them have had historic seasons. 
No, you're completely right. So it's, I thought that uh, was pretty cool. It's, it's an interesting trend in baseball too yeah. to, to look at. T- something to watch too. I mean, you. I was thinking you might have said Jose Ramirez. I was thinking you might have said thought Cedric Mullins it. just to make me feel good. Aaron Judge. <laughs> Aaron Judge obviously made it, and then on outside you had guys like Brennan Crawford and Trey Turner. But top mm-hmm. three, you went exactly where I was hoping you would go. Zero in the postseason. Zero. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. Well, in, enjoy Fenway. Oh, thank you. I am so <laughs> excited. I will send updates. Maybe I'll even post from the Twitter. Get that there you going go. you again. You should. And, uh, yeah, like I said, just to repeat it, we're going to have so much good content during this entire postseason. We're so excited. We hope you're excited. Thank you for sticking with us because it's going to be pretty wild. Thank you for sticking with us, and we will be back for September players of the month on our weekly walk-off at the end of the week. But that'll do it for the Did You Hear podcast Be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes, leave a rating as well, and follow us on Twitter slash Instagram at DidYouHearPod. We've got the baseball playoffs. The wild card games are upon us. Everybody enjoy what will be an awesome, awesome playoff race. And Emma, that's a wrap.